Herbal Essences is on a mission to bring the positive power of plants to keep hair beautiful and healthy with products you'll love using. These products are not only free from sulfates, parabens, and dyes, and certified PETA cruelty-free, but they are also full of naturally derived ingredients for healthier, moisturized hair. We all know that winter can leave our hair feeling super dry. Herbal Essences potent aloe and hemp shampoo and conditioner and argan oil and aloe hair mist work together to hydrate and moisturize hair for fantastic frizz control. Not to mention, Herbal Essence's sustainably harvest potent aloe is uniquely certified by the plant experts at the Royal Botanic Gardens, and it provides extra moisture for your hair. Look for the Herbal Essence's potent aloe collections green bottles at food and drugstores or mass retailers near you, or you can visit herbalessences.com to learn more. Hi, I'm Alex L., and I write books for a living. The Hey Girl podcast was created with sisterhood and storytelling in mind. Hey girl. Hey girl. Hey girl. Hey girl. I'll be sitting down with some phenomenal women to discuss love. I believe we grew distant out of love of some type. Like, I don't want to hurt you. Loss. Really don't know what's going to trigger that feeling of grief in any moment. And a topic very important to my work self-care. Freedom is self-care. It's not about pedicures. It's not about clothing. It's not about trips. Join us as we journey through sharing together. Today on the show, I'm sitting down with author and entrepreneur Hannah Bronfman. We are talking about self-care, business, and identity while navigating career. This is Hannah. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Hi, Hannah. How are you today? I'm so good. How are you? I'm good. I'm so glad to be chatting with you, and I'm very excited for our conversation. Um, But before we dive in, please let the Hey Girl listeners know who you are and what you do. Sure, yeah. So I am Hannah Brockman. I'm the founder of HBFit.com, which is a destination for millennial women to learn all things about health, beauty, and fitness. I'm the author of Do What Feels Good, a book about everything I've learned over my wellness journey the last 10 years and advice I rely on daily. Um, There's also some amazing recipes in there and some amazing ways of uh, some self-care tips and tricks. Um, And I'm also just kind of like, you know, a social media girl. I like, you know, I'm the face of Adidas women and I work with a ton of different brands um in the space of life yeah yeah I think (laughs) I love your work I've been a fan um for a while so I'm very excited to kind of dive in and and see how you started um on your entrepreneurial journey especially balancing life and leaning into fitness and wellness and self-care and all of those great things so if you could pick one thing to kind of hone in on, what would you say was your start in the fitness and wellness industry? Honestly, my start was really just my own exploratory um, road. So when I was DJing, so I, I guess I forgot to mention that I was a DJ in my <laughs> in my bio, but when, when I was DJing, it was a very... Um, unsustainable lifestyle. Mm -hmm. I was up all night. I was not taking care of myself and um, I was, you know, having terrible nutrition and, and it was showing, it was showing um, 
you know, not only on my face, um, but I felt really burnt out and my gut was not working properly. And I had made a commitment to myself years prior to really try and live a happy and healthy lifestyle. And I woke up, you know, a few years later, you know, with this unsustainable lifestyle thinking to myself, where, where did that commitment go? Mm. So I actually kind of recommitted myself and I went and I saw some doctors and I found out that I was dealing with some issues in my gut and, you know, I could fix the way um, I was feeling through proper nutrition and certain lifestyle changes. And that's when I really started to live and live properly. Um, And while that was happening in real life, I was also documenting that on social media. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really understand what social media was or certainly what my place or role in it was, but I was just kind of using it as I don't know, just like a window into my world. And that's when I realized that people were interested and people cared and people wanted to talk about what I was experiencing and they wanted to understand how they could do it for themselves. And that's kind of really when I saw the first shift in what I was doing in terms of what it meant to create content, what it meant to um, kind of like live in, not in a public eye, but like with other people, like people were on my journey with me for the first time ever. Mm -hmm. Um, and people were really into it. And so I just kind of found motivation in that experience, which then allowed me to continue down this road. And then I started to like figure it out and say like, you know, you know, it started really small, but you know, let's say a brand reached out to me here and there. Then I started to understand that you could turn this into a business. Mm Mm-hmm. And I noticed the other day, and I, I, I was really happy to see this on your Instagram stories, um, a quote that you had mentioned about not being the token when working with brands. And I want to mm-hmm. dive into that a little bit more, um, especially with you being a woman of color. Um, I know you are biracial and like how your identity plays a role in not only how you move through the world, right, but how you move through business and you being um a black woman in this realm, a black, yes. bi- a, a biracial black woman in this, in this realm. Yes. Okay. So it's funny because identity is so personal yet with the lens of social media, everyone feels like they understand or have their own thoughts about your personal identity. Right. Um. So it's really, you know, social media can be a place that, can be difficult for a lot of people to navigate but when you have a true sense of self it's you know it's whatever like people are going to have their thoughts about you and and that's totally fine but as long as you know who you are on the inside that's all that matters and as a black woman who is biracial um you know working with brands and having a spotlight and having like you know a, a large platform such as my own i feel very blessed because i i see 
more than ever that our community is being marginalized and is not being paid attention to in a way that really matters and is and in, in, in a way that it should, mm-hmm. right? I, I mean, I work in health and wellness and in beauty. So, you know, we know that Black women spend almost 3x more to find the right cosmetics for them, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. We know that women of color are spiritual, are yogis, are participating in community events, yet I don't see brands talking to these communities in a way that is authentic. Mm. Um, And for me, I have not always been in a place to be able to say what I said in the quote that we're about to get into. Right. 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 Because when I was first starting out, I was like, oh my God, I can't believe these people are even giving me a chance because I'm the first person that I've seen that looks like me here. Mm. And now fast forward a couple of years later, I have the ability to say and to speak because my, my voice does matter and all of our voices matter. And if I've got this microphone, I'm going to use it properly. Right. And I was recently in a scenario where it's funny because social media is so is so funny. Like people are like, as someone commented on that post or, or wrote me, or well, I, I posted on my story. So someone like re- replied to my story in my DM and said, "This feels inauthentic, um, and that you're just using this to your advantage or something mm-hmm. like that." And you know, it's funny because I don't, you know, it's because I work with so many brands, it's hard to give context to everything because you're not trying to, I'm not out here trying to put everyone on blast. You know what I mean? Of course. So, but I will share this because I think this is important for people to understand where I am coming from. And, you know, I feel like I've always been one of few women of color in a predominantly white situation. I grew up in New York City in an all-girls private school. I was one of six black girls growing up. Um, and I've and I've always kind of been the scapegoat. It's that's what that's like what my life was growing up. And whether it was being kicked out of school and there was like, you know, five other girls in the same scenario as me and I was the only one kicked out, you know? It's like it, these types of these things have happened to me my whole life and I, at this point, I, I, I don't need to explain them to anyone, but I, I do want to make room um, for those who come after, right? And so this scenario that happened quite recently, I got uh, invited to participate on a panel with a brand um, with some pretty cool, amazing entrepreneurial women. Um, predominantly white there was one woman of color um on the panel who was who's who's you know a one celebrity and I was sending it around to a few of my girlfriends asking them if they wanted to come and one of my girlfriends wrote me and she said hey Han when did they ask you to participate on this panel I said oh actually it came together pretty quickly they just asked me yesterday and yeah and she said because they sent this to me 
last week and I said to them, you don't have one person of color on this panel mm. and I am not going to show up to your event. Mm. This is my friend who is a, a woman of color who works in fashion. And I was so bummed out because not only did I not realize that this brand had already sent out an invite the week before with different panelists, right? Mm -hmm. And then I was the person that they were filling that void with. Right, right. And I was like, I, I honestly was like, I was kind of like butthurt about it. And I was like, wow, like, I can't believe, I mean, I can believe it. I absolutely can believe it. But I was just pissed that the lack of transparency didn't allow me to make a, a more educated decision mm -hmm. about whether or not I wanted to participate on that panel. And to be honest, I'm glad I did participate on the panel because I, my voice does matter. And I think that being in the places where predominantly white women are makes a difference. Right. No, I agree but, with you. Mm -hmm. But, but then was, it's like, but then, you yeah. know, but I was still pissed yeah. about the whole thing. Herbal Essences believes in plant-based beauty. Their potent aloe collections are sulfate-free and paraben-free and instead infused with real botanicals with the indulgent scents you know and love. They're on a mission to bring the positive power of plants to keep hair beautiful and healthy with products you'll love using. We all know that winter can leave our curls feeling super dry. Herbal Essences potent aloe and mango shampoo, conditioner, and curl cream work together to hydrate for moisturized, defined, and long-lasting curls. Herbal Essences Sustainably Harvest Potent Aloe is uniquely certified by the plant experts at the Royal Botanic Gardens Q, and it provides extra moisture for your hair. These products are not only free from sulfates, parabens, and dyes, and certified PETA cruelty-free, but they are also full of naturally derived ingredients for healthier, moisturized hair. Sound intriguing? Look for the Herbal Essences Potent Aloe Collections Green Bottle at food, drugstores, or mass retailers near you, or you can visit herbalessences.com to learn more. Now, but you know what? And I'm also very grateful of the scenario because this brought a level of awareness to me that I did not previously have when it comes to working with brands. Yes, I when it's so obvious, it's obvious, but like a situation like that, where it's not so obvious, it just made me feel like I wasn't in control of, 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 of like my, you know, like my being out here in the world. Mm -hmm. So, you know, moving forward, working with brands, now we say, listen, like, unless there's representation or who else is in the campaign and do these people align with Hannah, mm -hmm. you know, that's like a, that's a, a level that I ha have not always been able to say or be a part of that conversation. But now that conversation is a part of 
me and the way I work moving forward. And I think that's really and truly important because especially when we're in business and we do use our platforms to build community and to be, you know, um, I don't want to say be the voice, but give other women, specifically women of color, specifically black women, a voice to speak up and speak out about things that they care about, to be Mm -hmm. included in wellness, to be included Mm -hmm. in um, these different campaigns, or to even just feel secure in how they move through the world in a black body, in a, mm-hmm. in a body who in a body where people tell you it's not good enough or yeah. where self-care as a black woman, like, how dare you? You know what I mean? So it's just like all these different moving parts mm-hmm. that people are able to use their platforms to build community. And I really admire that you are able to do that and that you had this, you know, this moment of reflection, like, damn, that could have gone differently but I'm glad it went the way it did because now I I learned a lesson but also I showed up in a space where normally I wouldn't be included or another woman of color wouldn't be included mm-hmm. um, so it, it's exactly. I, I get what you mean it's a catch-22 and it's just like how do we move through these spaces self-care and doing business and you're a wife and all the great things that you are how are you balancing your self-care specifically when uncomfortable situations come up like the one that did or um, even in your in in your personal life when things aren't shiny and golden and they're hard how is your self-care looking these days yeah so um there have been a few instances things I've shared on social media things I haven't that are difficult um you know life looks good on the gram but like it's real life you know and everyone goes through different things um recently i'm dealing with a a death of a friend and it's you know it's really hard Mm -hmm. um i'm sorry so you know, taking time for yourself is like super important. And also like allowing yourself to cry, allowing yourself the space, allowing yourself to say no to social commitments, you know, prioritizing time with like the people who matter most to you, whether that be, you know, a phone call that's an hour long with your mother or, you know, just a a night in with the girls or just simply like a night on the couch alone, Netflixing and chilling, you know, Um, I definitely have, I definitely been using my breath work Mm. as a, as a big driver in keeping my nervous system chill and like calm. Uh, It's hard for me to, have a a workout practice that really supports me uh, just because my schedule is really crazy. But like, ideally, if I could be going to yoga or boxing, you know, every day, that boxing for me, oh my God, like I just release so much aggression that is not coming out in any other way. Um, and I'm not the type of person to have like pent up conversations like I definitely am one to get things off my chest but you don't know how good it feels to hit something until you hit something um 
So, you know, and, and for me also, it's, it's about eating, right? I, I cannot function properly if I am eating out constantly. Mm -hmm. Um, So dedicating some time to make my own food and put my own love and intention into that um, is really helpful for me. But self-care is so important. And I always talk about this because I, I feel like the world of wellness is being marketed in such a crazy way. You know, self-care to me really means taking care of myself so that I can be a better community member. So mm-hmm. I can be a better friend. I can be a better wife. I can be a better daughter. And I can be present and a better boss. And and if I'm if I don't do those things for myself, then those other parts of my life, which are so, so important to me, end up falling to the waistline and just not being as, those relationships end up not being as good and as fruitful and as productive as they could have been Mm. or should be. What has writing this book, this new book, um, taught you about finding your voice in a new way and building community? Um, I'm asking that because as an author, I love that my work will outlive me. I think that that's really important and that books are going to be on the shelves for my grandkids and family down the line when I'm not here. So Mm -hmm. I want to hear from you how you're feeling about this new chapter in your entrepreneurial journey and your career and what it's teaching you about finding your voice and building an even bigger community that will likely be here when you're not. So it's funny. I, uh, I was like nervous to write the book because I I was like, well, this book isn't like a profound book, right? This book isn't like, I mean, to me, it is a bit profound, actually. But I guess what I was, what I was in my mind, what I was comparing it to was that this wasn't like a novel. This wasn't uh, a memoir. This wasn't some... Uh, I don't know, just like the way society puts everyone in a box, like this box for me was like a lifestyle book. And that's very much the way it was going to be marketed. Mm -hmm. And so what I tried to do was not let those parameters make me feel like what I was writing about was cheesy. Because when you looked at everyone else in this category of what a lifestyle book was, you know, not to throw any shade on anyone, but like, you know, you had like Cameron Diaz's body book and Lauren Conrad's book. And like, you know, I, I'm very serious about the work that I've been able to do over the last 10 years and how I've been able to find peace with myself. And so when I say that this book is profound, you know, it takes a lot of work to do the work on yourself. Mm-hmm. 
And this book really is about figuring out how to tune out all the other shit and look inward. Yeah. And honestly, I, I, in terms of finding my voice, like I have to say, because I run the blog and had been running it for so long that I, I really did kind of just break everything up into like, like micro chapters, meaning like everything was kind of like a blog post, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which actually for someone like me, who is like a procrastinator to the max (laughs) (laughs) made it feel really achievable, entertainable. And even with my schedule, which is crazy, you know, I, I talk to a lot of authors now who are like, yeah, I write every single day, blah, blah. And I'm like, Oh, wow. Like I would never be able to do that. And what I did (laughs) was I I literally one day a week blocked off six hours. And it was the one day a week where I could say to my entire team, look, this is in the calendar. I don't want to hear from you. My email is going to be off. I'm not scheduling anything in that time. Mm-hmm. And this is the time that I'm going to have to get this done. And it, it took a little bit longer, but I also wasn't trying to rush, rush the process either. Right. And these whole ideas of deadlines and 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 things like yes, obviously they're coming from your publisher a little bit, but really, you're like all of our deadlines. I feel like we're putting on ourselves. Like I feel like you know we're like oh I got to get this done. It's like okay, you said that you had to get it done today, but if you get it done tomorrow, you're gonna still get it done. Mm. Mm. So for me, I was really kind of like all right, I'm gonna this is this is the only way I know how to make this happen. Um, and so that was really setting up that process for myself, set me up for a successful journey throughout the book. And to be honest, throughout writing the book, and to be honest, the writing the book was so, so therapeutic for myself. Um, it was a lot like if there wasn't, I wasn't sure how it was going to be received. And obviously I'm very grateful that it has been received so well, but I kept saying to myself, because it was so therapeutic, I said, if if nothing else comes from this book, at least what I would have gotten out of it was this great sense of understanding that I kind of found throughout myself and my processes and my systems. And that I really did, I really believed that what I was writing was going to help other people. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm excited about for the book to live on beyond me, mm-hmm. is that this content is so evergreen and it's like, everyone needs it. Yeah. Everyone, like everyone can benefit from, from reading this book, not just women, guys too. So before we wrap up, I want to ask this last question and I want you to take as as long as you need to think about it. You don't have to like jump to answer it right away. Um, who are you today? I mean, the woman I am today is a, a woman that I'm very proud of, a woman that I've worked really hard on manifesting and bringing to the table, a woman that I hopefully that other people admire and see the hard work um, that goes into 
being a woman and being a woman of color and, 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 and having my voice matter. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm very proud of who I am and I still feel like I have so much more to like to grow and to learn and, and to become. But right now I, I feel like I feel comfortable. Thanks for listening to the show today. Please rate, subscribe, and review. Also, feel free to share with a friend. We love having our community grow. Music is by DC's own Kokai. <laughs>